0: ...would have the advantage of height, and thus a clearer view of their passage through the thickets. But they were better than no trees at all. Short enough, no sooner had they reached the first line of oaks than the calls from the onlookers on the high ground intensified. Even the hoofbeats couldn't mask the cries of the infantrymen, as, stirred by the thrill of the chase being enacted below them, they encouraged their mounted compatriots to greater effort. They reached the wood. By this time the enemy riders had closed the gap to less than three hundred yards. He felt an immediate wave of relief as the oaks closed in around them. Branches whipped at his face and snagged at his clothing as he steered his horse deeper into the trees. He could feel the dampness seeping through the lining of his jacket and the thighs of his breeches. He could feel his heart, too, beating like a drum. He scanned the ridge through the overhanging limbs. The soldiers were still signalling madly. He looked away, concentrating on the path. To his consternation, the gaps between the trees were narrowing. Their progress was being hampered. The gods were definitely against them. Without warning, Leon reined in his mount. He twisted in the saddle and spoke urgently in Spanish. We stand a better chance on foot! He hesitated, and then decided it made sense. On foot, they'd be less visible to the troops on the high ground. He nodded, and they both dismounted. Pointing the animals in opposite directions, they slapped them hard on the rump to set them moving. Then they ran. He was content to let Léon lead the way. The Spaniard was lightly built, with tousled black hair curling away from the nape of his neck. A neat goatee framed his jaw. His brown eyes were bright and intelligent and set in a face scorched brown by the sun. A scar, part hidden by the beard, ran from the corner of his chin to a centimetre below his left ear. Despite the disfigurement, he was a handsome man whose look suggested he'd be quick to smile and share a jest, though not this morning. In the sullen light, Leon's normally animated face was set in a grim mask of determination as he concentrated on the task in hand, keeping them safe. The sword at his hip was becoming a menace, but the weapon had been a staunch ally to him over the years, and he was not about to discard it like an old shoe. He unhooked the scabbard from his belt and, holding the sabre like a baton, picked up his pace. His ears caught the jangle of metal. The dragoons were in the trees, unless it was their own mounts doubling back towards them. That would be ironic, he thought. A small clearing came into view. They sprinted across it, keeping low. A musket-ball, even from the higher elevation, would never reach that far, but he still felt the hollowness in his throat, knowing how exposed they both were, though he also knew the French would want to take him alive. He was more valuable to them, alive." "'Dead meant he couldn't be exchanged for one of theirs. "'Dead he wasn't worth a damn thing, except perhaps a reason for the Duke, "'or even Marmont, to raise a silent glass, "'and for someone to carve a notch into the hilt of his sword. "'They cut left. "'The trees thinned suddenly, and they were out in the open once more. "'He could hear the dragoons thrashing through the foliage behind them. "'They would have to dismount too, and that would give him and Léon the edge.' The ground rose before them in a series of small terraced fields bordered by dry stone walls. Two enclosures away another patch of woodland beckoned, more oak trees. Upon the ridge the infantry were running, keeping pace. His chest was hurting now, so were his legs. He spent more time in the saddle than he did on foot, and it was beginning to tell on his lungs. Léon, despite his wiry frame, also looked and sounded as if he was struggling, and the gradient wasn't helping. They came to the first wall and clambered over it. By the time they had negotiated the second one, the dragoons had emerged from the trees. And they were still on horseback. Somehow they had found a way through, realising from the tracks that their quarry was now on foot, they had known that by remaining mounted they'd have the upper hand once they were clear of the wood." baying like hounds the scent of victory in their nostrils, the dragoons dug in their heels. He tried to ignore the burning stitch in his side. As they reached the last barrier of stone before the woods began, a volley of shots came from their right. He heard the crack as a projectile struck the wall a few inches from his arm. There was movement to his left, more riders approaching fast. They were close enough for him to see their scarlet-edged epaulets and the diamond motif on their helmets directed by the troops on the hill the dragoons had split their force in two with one party having circled the wood in a bid to cut them off while the other had remained to the rear driving them forward like gamekeepers beating